Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Podcast. This is part three of our week-long series where we are taking you every day with our top rankings up until National Draft Weekend, Labor Day Weekend. NDW. Today, we are looking at quarterbacks, and we are looking at tight ends. So let's start with everyone's favorite position, quarterback. If you don't have Aaron Rodgers as your number one quarterback, you're dumb. Yeah, my uh, my notes say, let me discount, double-check my records. Yep, he's still the best QB in the world. Yep, so we're taking Aaron Rodgers number one. We don't even have to talk about that, really. Uh, let's go to number two. Our consensus number two is Cam Newton. Uh, Michael's, Not consensus. Jason has him at three. But. I'm sorry, our combined number two, excuse me. I have him at three. Michael has him at... Excuse me, Jason has him at three. I'm actually going to adjust these rankings. I want him at two. Um, Who do you want at three? I'll do Russell it right Wilson. now. Russell Wilson. Yeah, Russell Wilson will be three. Well, that works out because that's how they're ordered anyway. Yeah, I like Cam to be a little bit better than Russell Wilson this year ju- only because I feel like the offense around Cam and the weapons are better. And Cam has, like Jason likes to say, Cam Newton is the goal line back in Carolina. Yeah. And when you look at Cam Newton's numbers, he led the league in rushing yards by quarterbacks who were not being – attacked so that means he just kind of had running plays because that's just in his body it's in his blood it's in his system um so you can always count on him and in fantasy those running look 10 rushing yards counts for 25 rushing uh, passing yards 40 rushing yards counts for a passing touchdown so if you can get a quarterback that can run you're getting yourself an advantage it's, i got cam newton at two. it's a little absurd it's, i have him at two 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 as well because dude he threw for thirty two hundred yards thirty three hundred yards not impressive at all twenty two touchdowns and sixteen interceptions even even less impressive but he also ran one hundred forty times for seven hundred fifty four yards and six touchdowns that's a good running back three yeah or that's flex like runner. a flex worthy running back yeah <laughs> and and that was just him it's like you're starting as a quarterback. Hmm. Which a, is why comp there. it's like you're starting Royce Freeman, Gio Bernard, or Gio Bernard. Yeah, <laughs> Gio Bernard. Gio Bernard's better with, with mix like, in there. With who? With mix in there. Oh no, Gio I was Bern- gonna say a quarterback. Oh, Gio with Bernard like was like, or like last no, year's Latavius Dog. Murray. You're starting. Yeah. So it's a running back. Portals and Latavius Murray. You got Cam Newton. There you go. <laughs> that's why I'm taking that every time. <laughs> Newton was a number two quarterback last year, and I don't see it changing much this year. He's not a great quarterback, but. Fantasy says otherwise. Uh, Russell Wilson comes in at number three. Michael actually has him at number five. A little bit low to my liking. Uh, do you just think it's because he's going to run for his life all year? I think it's because of Brian Schottenheimer. Of Brian Schottenheimer. Uh, yes, that mother mother. In 15 years. How does he still have a job? He's been a quarterback coach or offensive coordinator 15 years. Five times his quarterback had more touchdowns and interceptions. Damn. That's... Horrendous. Five times. And they want to run the rock there, and they've said they want to run the rock, and he's a run-first kind of guy. Who have its quarterbacks been, though? Because he was on the Jets when the Jets had some pretty damn bad. Oh, surpasses interceptions by more than five. Sorry. Well, fucked up there. My point here is that the Seattle Seahawks defense is now probably one of the worst units in the league after being one of the best. And Russell Wilson is the entire offense. And he's just going to run and See, run and bad. throw and throw and throw and throw and run a little more and then throw a little more to Doug Baldwin. That's why I love Russell Wilson and why I love Doug He Baldwin. might throw like 700 times this year. No joke. Yeah. It's and Russell Wilson, he doesn't even need to – You see, he makes crazy plays all the time. 
It's going to scramble around. That's why I love Doug Baldwin. That's why I like, I really like uh, Tyler Lockett this year. I think he's a really good sleeper. He might. I think he's going to have a lot of home run games, but also gonna a lot of duds. But I think that if he stays, he'll healthy, have the Tyler chance. Gets, yeah, Tyler Lockett's is someone that I'm taking a chance on. I like Russell Wilson as a quarterback this year. The only thing that worries about me is about Russell is he's going to be running for his life a lot. Yeah, um, early and often. Tom Brady comes in at number four. J, uh, Michael has him at three. Jason has him at four. I'm at seven. I'm a little lower than uh, than him. I just I'm first of all I'm just worried about his his weapons. I just don't think he's going to throw as much as he did last year. I think it's going to be a lot of dinks and dunks. I think uh, way more way more running for the New England Patriots, so I think his touchdown numbers are down. I think he's still going to be a great real-life quarterback, but I think in fantasy his, his numbers are going to go down a bit. I think so Tom Brady is like a pattern every year. He's he's very, basically not even startable during the playoffs of the fantasy season, and it's Basically because the Patriots are so good and they basically have a playoff spot locked up. Already. Basically, basically. <laughs> and then those numbers make it seem like he had a worse season than he did. But Tom Brady, listen, if, if as the fourth quarterback on my board, I'll take him, his top self for the first 12 weeks, and then I'll stream in the playoffs if I need to, if it has to come to that. Because his first 12 weeks are as good as anyone. Yeah, I mean, he went 4,577 yards, 32-8 and eight last year. It's crazy. I mean, and there's no sign of him slowing down, really. The guy's it's, it's a Tom surgeon. Brady. Don't overthink it. It's Tom Brady. Deshaun Watson comes in next. Uh, Michael has him at four. Jason, five. I have him at six. He comes in at uh, five overall. Uh, for me, I have him at six because I see this potential. I just want you guys to know this. If you haven't seen this stat, you're probably under a rock. But in his healthy games, he's projected to to throw 58 touchdowns and for 5,000 yards. Now, that is clearly a pace that unless he is the best player in the history of football, he cannot Michael keep Jordan. up. Now, he may be the best player in the history of football. That's why I have him ranked sixth, even though there's no way that he does that, right? The, but the weapons around him are good. Now, he has a really bad offensive line, but he can make the plays to get around that. But that offensive line does concern me. They are pro- PFF has them graded as one of the worst offensive lines they've ever graded ever. Yeah, that's also, that's saying a lot. He also had eight interceptions last year. He's a gunslinger, Andrew Luck esque. Yeah, he's definitely a gunslinger, and I mean the the interceptions don't bother me for fantasy purposes. I don't. Uh, but that's that's a lot of yards, and and for some reason, I'm I'm staying away from him. Although I I understand if you want to draft him, but what if he Vince Youngs you? No, I'm here he with you. He's better than Vince. I Young. put him at five because I feel like at this point. After that big four, you can take a chance on Deshaun Watson, but I don't love him. I feel I mean, like Watson could go 4,000 yards and 30 touchdowns, which is why I have him at number four quarterback. I mean, if he does, he will be the number four quarterback. Yep. Even probably higher. He has Hopkins, Fuller. They're, it's not like they have the best defense in the world. J.J. Watts always hurt. It's without him there, they're, they're bad. Who knows if he'll be able to play this year. They're going to be passing a lot, and I think uh, Deshaun Watson is going to be studly for that reason. Kirk Cousins comes in as our number six quarterback. You guys have him at six. I have him at eight. Uh, I'm not low on him. I don't have him eight. I just have two guys that I'm a little higher on uh, that you guys are a little lower on, so that's why I have him at eight. But basically, if I didn't have those two guys, he'd be at my six. Um, he's the biggest free agent. <laughs> that was good math and reasoning. You know? 
<laughs> you know, if Aaron Rodgers didn't exist, Cam Newton would be number one. <laughs> <laughs> this is the truth, though. Um, the biggest free agent quarterback to change team since Drew Brees. Uh, I think that's fair to say. And this is a, such a good spot for him. He has a running game. He has a pretty good O-line, although it's not the best. He has great weapons on the outside. He's He struggled in the first couple of preseason games, then came back yesterday and looked really, really good. Um, I think Kirk Cousins is one of the more underrated quarterbacks in the league. I think he'll be a top quarterback in the running for MVP in real life. But in terms of fantasy, he may not produce those crazy gaudy numbers that you want to see out of your quarterback. Uh, and that's the only reason why I don't but have him here. why can't he if yeah. Case he can. was doing He it. can, but I just think Latavius Murray is a goal back. Delvin Cook is going to get some goal line work. I just think there's a lot of touchdowns that are going to be run in in Minnesota. And that's the only reason why I have him here. But I, I don't think he's going to have a bad year by any means. Uh, I feel like Kirk Cousins is basically in the best position of he could possibly be in with Diggs, Thielen, and Rudolph. If anything, he's being a great offensive line. Yeah, he's he's in a way better position. I don't than really he was get it. When was, last, when was the last time a player went to a better team, especially a quarterback, and people use that against him? I think it's just where it's so rare to see quarterbacks change teams that there has to be some kind of question mark there. There has to be some kind of okay. Did was he just a product of McVay in That's Washington? That's a good point. You don't usually see good quarterbacks change teams, right? You don't you don't see quarterbacks change teams teams change teams in general. So it's it's well, yeah, you, the backup ones, right? The Sam Bradford, the starting quarterbacks at least. And so it's a little bit of a different dynamic. Um, after him is Matt Stafford. This is the guy that I was talking about. I'm way higher on. Jason at 11. Um, Michael has him at 7. I have him at 4. I think for the Lions this year, you're looking at how did they get better. Pro Football Focus has said that they finished as the 19th best offensive line. And every year that Matt Stafford has been in the league, he has had a pretty terrible offensive line to work with. He's still been great. He's still thrown for over 5,000 yards occasionally, always over 4,500 yards, uh, a monster amount of touchdowns, and he's a slinger. Now he has the best, best offensive line that he's ever played with. Uh, they drank, they draft Frank Ragnow, who didn't allow pressure uh, in the preseason. Uh, TJ Lang and Rick Wagner on the white side is really solid. Uh, that is a really good offensive line. PFM ha- has them moving from 19th to 8th overall. A top 10 offensive line with Matt Stafford behind it and all those weapons. Kenny Galladay after another year. Matt Jones going, not, not I'm sorry, Matt Jones, I said. Remember Matt Jones? Yeah, Matt Jones, the wide receiver for the 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 Jaguars. Oh, I thought you meant Matt the Jones, the white guy, the running back. The running back, yeah. Nah, Matt Jones. He got into. He was like a drug dealer or something. But he has all these weapons around him, and I think Kenny Galladay and I think Stafford is going to take advantage. So, yeah, I think Stafford is the number four quarterback. There's I a, think I think he's the league MVP this year. If I'm being honest, there's a very high chance that Matt Stafford, if he stays healthy. Breaks the NFL passing healthy. yards record. Uh, not not oh, this year. In his career. In his career. Remember when he was thought of as that's a how, pro? That's how underrated he is. Yeah, he's played, what? 112 games in a row. 112 straight games. Hell yeah, Matt. Uh, I mean, I hear you, Tim, but also he's basically had the same season three years in a row now. And it's basically quarterback 10. So that's why I have him ranked at 11 instead of 4. Carson Wentz comes in next at 8. I have him ranked at 5. You're bugging. Jace, He's Jason not even has healthy. him at 10. How do you not Michael discount him? him? He has not even been cleared for practice yet. I would take 14 games of Carson Wentz, no problem. I will remind He's you that he limited mobility-wise, too, when he gets back for weeks. May I remind you that Carson Wentz last year threw, not ran for, 
through the second worst touch most TDs in the league and he missed two games. So I could have him the, exactly, that's the, that's, I think that's the biggest thing about Carson Wentz. He is a pocket passer who runs also. He had even week one, you were do you recall against uh Washington, the tu- the like eighty yard touchdown to Nelson Aguilar or something, like fifty yards, where he just scrambled, like broke a tackle, rolled out, and then hit Aguilar for a fifty yard touchdown. He does a lot of touchdowns. That's like not that. gonna happen when it, when he's he's gonna be limited coming back from the torn ACL for at least the first half of the year when he does return. I mean, he's he's still a great passer, but the running has a lot to do with his game. And All right, so if I'm taking that for half the season, and you're just assuming that, like he also has been looking really well in practice, and he's been moving really well with the knee brace on. So I know it's different when you're getting hit, but... I'm sure that the Eagles aren't rushing him out there until they have confidence that he could be the player that he wants to be. But you'd rather have Wentz, who might not even be cleared, than like Watson and Kirk Cousins? I am taking Wentz and streaming until he's done instead of Watson, yes. That's crazy. And instead of Kirk Cousins, yes. I don't know about that, kid. I mean, I'd, but you're asking me when I'm taking them because I would take Wentz in the eighth round. I wouldn't take Watson or, or, or Cousins. I mean, Watson's not going to be there, but I'm not taking Kirk Car- Cousins in the eighth round. So it depends on when I'm drafting as well. All right. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo comes in as the number ninth quarterback. Jason Evans is a seven. Michael at eight. I am at 12. Um, what scares me about Jimmy G is, again, the lack of a touchdown target in with the 49ers. Uh, Jason and Michael aren't as scared as I am. Why do you guys think Jimmy G is a top 10 quarterback this year? I mean, he wasn't even... He didn't even throw for any... He barely had touchdowns last season at the end of the year. Threw a few interceptions as well. His touchdown to interception ratio wasn't great. 7-5. to five. And he still was a top eight quarterback in those final five games because he racked up yards. I feel like he's guaranteed 4,000 yards. And the he was a young quarterback last year. It was the first time he was legitimately starting. He's in a he Kyle... He hasn't Sh- lost. He's in a Kyle Shanahan offense. He's going to throw touchdowns. And yeah. I, when I want a quarterback, I want a quarterback who's going to throw for a lot of yards. That's why I've liked Kirk Cousins the last few years. In Drake Gruden's offense, they throw for a lot of yards. They always give you a safe floor. And then they're going to throw touchdowns because they're quarterbacks. And Jimmy Garoppolo is a very good one. Yeah, I had him at like 12 before the preseason, and then the preseason started. And I just see him throwing a Marquise Goodwin, and it's glorious. I just... Glorious. It just made me... I just don't see how Jimmy Garoppolo isn't a great NFL quarterback. I just can't see it happening. Philip, I know. I'm sorry. Drew Brees comes in next as the tenth quarterback on our list. Uh, I mean, I really don't have anything to say about Drew Brees except you know he, you know, he's going to be there week in and week out. The only thing about Drew Brees is like he's the worst uh, road home split quarterback outside of Ben Roethlisberger. So that's definitely something I'm looking for. With Brees on the road is definitely not the same as Brees at home. Drew Brees was actually insanely good last season. He was too good for his own sake. He actually broke in fantasy circles. He actually broke the Sam Bradford completion record last year. That's how good he is. There you go. Like Sam Bradford broke completion record because he was just throwing dink and dunk passes. Drew Brees was not doing that. He's just a beast. He's so good, it's ridiculous. His <laughs> touchdowns will improve. There were too many rushing touchdowns last year with Ingram and Kamara. And yeah, he's a QB1 for show. Yeah. He's not getting enough love, honestly. Mike Thomas. I see you, Mike. Philip Rivers uh, is the number 12 quarterback for Jason. 
the number 11 quarterback for me, Michael, and the overall rankings. Yeah. Uh, I love Phillip Rivers as a late-round quarterback. In one of my drafts that I just did, he went in the 11th round, which is an absolute steal. Uh, I think a lot of people are saying that he isn't as good with Hunter Henry without Hunter Henry on the field. I agree. I think that's what Mike Williams is for. Mike Williams is a tight end, except he runs wide receiver routes. I think you're going to see a lot of uh, Mike Williams in the end zone this year taking that Hunter Henry role. And I think that propels Phillip Rivers and the entire Chargers offense. Uh, what do you guys think? He's a lock for 4,000 yards and 25 touchdowns. And that's, that's simple as that. Yeah. He's, ba- he's quarterback 10 to 12 every single year for the past like seven years. So there's Actually, no reason not to pick him up. 10 of the last, in eight of the last 10 seasons, he's been a top 12 quarterback. Yeah. There you go. Don't overthink it. Don't overthink it. Go Andrew for it. Luck, we have a bit disparity here. We do. Andrew Luck, at the moment, I have him at 9. Jason at 13. Michael at 15. He is our consensus number 12 quarterback coming in. Uh, I mean, the reason that I like Andrew Luck is pretty simple. He's the entire offense. Uh, you saw the difference in the Colts offense when he's in and when he's out last season. He has Marlon Mack behind him, who is not someone who's going to be garnering so many touches that Andrew Luck won't throw it. And Andrew Luck is the playmaker there. He has never had a season. Uh, he has never had a full season, excuse me, where he has thrown the ball less than 570 times. So you know he's going to drop back and he's going to sling it. Um, I think he's going to be just fine. I love Andrew Luck. I want him with as my ninth quarterback, and he's another guy where if I have to stream, if I have to, and keep him on the bench. Uh, what do you guys think? Uh, I mean, do we really know? No, I just got to trust. Yeah, so That's basically I was ranking the quarterbacks, and I thought to myself, at what point would I take a shot on Andrew Luck? And I thought that after Phillip Rivers was a good choice because, of course, Andrew Luck has the ceiling that we all know, but he also has a floor of nothing. But then if that floor happens, you could stream. So... At that point, I feel like the 13th quarterback off the board, you can take that shot. And if it doesn't work out, then you could pick up a quarterback or stream a quarterback, and it won't be too much of a hassle. I have my 15 because, you know, scared of the unknown. I'm not trying to venture into that territory without some protection. Alex Smith, Jared Goff, and Marcus Mariota are 13, 14, and 15. I know, Jason, you're absolutely in love with Alex Smith this year. Tell the people why. What is not to love? Jay Gruden's offense is a great offense for fantasy quarterbacks. He's looked terrible. Kirk Cousins has been top. Get out of here with these look terrible. He has. He's looked Alex Smith in the last, what, five seasons, I think it was, has the t- a touchdown interception ratio on par with Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers. So get out of here with these look terrible. Remember? Alex Get Smith, out of man. here with these look terrible. What a crazy career he's had. He that's was a like bust. Watching, no. For like five years. That's like watching the preseason saying Matthew Stafford looks terrible. I'm just saying who, it's who a cares? new offense and he's looked terrible. There is something to say about he's on a new team, Jason. Uh, no. Come geez. on. You're acting like he's a young guy. You're talking about this 35-year-old I'm Alex Smith like looks terrible. Guy. No. Because Jay Gruden quarterbacks also run a little bit. Kirk Cousins always ran in a few touchdowns every year. And Alex Smith, we've seen him be able to run. You're acting like he's a young guy. He's not going to be running as much. But he's an athletic guy. One of the shadiest running quarterbacks in the league. I think Jared Goff has a big season. I'm Um, a fan of Goff. I have him higher than both of you. I have him at 12. Yeah, he is He's someone that if they give him a little bit more of a workload, I think he could be a lot better. The Rams 
threw the 26th most times in the league last year. So they don't really throw as much as you might think. They're a very run-heavy offense. So I think that if they unleash it a little bit, and the fact that Brandon Cooks is on the squad now, I think Jared Goff can have a much better season. All right, let's go over to the tight ends. And just like with the quarterbacks, the number one tight end overall is pretty self-explanatory. So Rob Gronkowski comes in at number one for all three of us. Who? You mean number 69. <laughs> Gronk would I get a kick you out really of that just, one Just make that joke I mean Because Gronk makes those jokes all the time Who are you? It was a Gronk joke It wasn't a me oh joke Who I are hate you those really? jokes That's Who are you joke. really? You could tell the twins haven't spent Like time with each other yet Because they're over here like bickering a little bit Every once in a while you guys have bickered You guys are doing <laughs> excellent bickering You're such an old man for using the word bicker I mean, doesn't make it any less true. Oh, um, Rob Gronkowski comes in number one. We could skip him, take him in number one. Although we just had a draft, and Travis Kelsey went number one, unbelievable, which left me very happy because I scooped up Gronk with the fourth pick on the back way, twenty first pick. Where where were you picking? You had him in the. You picked him in the oh, second the fourth round. Fourth pick, yeah, second round. Oh, back way, yeah, something like that. Twenty first, bro. Pick. Good for you. Killing it, Math. but Travis Kelsey went before him. I'm, I'm hoping I get Gronk in, in every single lead that I have. He's a giant addition, um, no pun intended, so we'll go with that. Travis Kelsey's number two. I think the only thing that scares me about Travis Kelsey this year is a rookie QB, but rookie QBs tend to tend to use their... Not Patrick Mahomes. Well, and he's not technically a rookie. First-year QB. Okay, first-year QB. Listen, Patrick Mahomes types, do they, use, do, they lose their stop, do they use their slot receivers? Because Travis Kelsey lined up in the slot 50% of his snaps last year. And I don't see that changing. I mean, no, they don't. Patrick Mahomes types use their outside receivers to toss the ball super deep. I'm not, on, I'm not sold on this Patrick Mahomes bandwagon that everyone is on. I don't, he, I, we've never seen him do anything to prove to us that he's a good quarterback. Like, he was mediocre in college. He just shot up draft boards because he had a big arm, and then they got rid of Alex Smith, and now he's the starting quarterback, and yeah, he has a big arm. He's throwing deep touchdowns to Tyreek Hill. Killing it as a Red Raider. Is he throwing eight-yard checkdowns to Travis Kelsey? I don't see it happening. I mean, but that doesn't... He still needs to throw... He's not only going to throw deep passes. Even if he throws seven, eight deep passes a game, he still has to throw 20 or so not-so-deep passes. I'm aware. And Travis Kelsey's the guy that who that's going to because Tyreek Hill is the, is the down the field threat. I mean, I have him as three, but with Mahomes a quarterback there, I'd rather have Zach Ertz. So let's talk about Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz coming off a season where he kind of gets the the uh, I don't know rap that he is injured, but Zach Ertz has played in at least fifteen games in the last three years. Doing he, just, his thing. he misses time in game. Yeah. That's what like, he does. It was uh, well, I think you said it on the VM podcast or something. Where if you take the halves that he missed and stuff from injuries, he played 13 games. Like he missed a quarter here or a half there. And he never he never shits the bed. Uh, he finished outside of tight end one just two weeks in general last year. He one was of them so was consistent. It was ridiculous. Consistently good. And he should be consistently good again. Trey Burton no longer there, although Zach Goddard does look to be a red zone threat there. Uh, I think that if you take any three of these, uh, of these guys, you're going to be happy. Yeah, basically. Let's I'm go not to hold on Kelsey. I'm not taking him in any draft. He's going too he high. He's going for me. a little too high for my liking as well. Uh, Trey Burton is our number four tight end. Hey-o. Jason and I have him as number four. 
Michael has him at number six. Uh, for every reason why I like Kelsey, it's the same way. He's going to be the uh, the uh, Kelsey of the Matt Nagy offense in Chicago. There are people talking about he may break the record for most receiving yards in Bears history. In Bears history from a tight end. Who said yeah. that? No, they. That's like a report. I think a reporter, a beat reporter, said that. What's the record? And Martellus Bennett put up like 900 yards or something. Oh. I mean, listen, that but that's yeah, that's if Burton puts up 900 yards, he's gonna be the tight end. That's four, more than Ertz. So. Yeah, and you're very happy with that. Look, he's gonna he's been lining up in the slot as well in the preseason. He's going to continue lining up in the slot. Trubisky showed last year that he likes to throw to the tight end. Trubisky. We're gonna see if he gets into trouble because if he does get into trouble, he's gonna need that tight end to lean on. Uh, I love everything about Trey Burton Trubisky this year. Trubisky is a quarterback that'll lean on his tight end. It's a Trubisky choice. <laughs> Trubisky, get it? But I'm pumped. Oh my god! You're telling, calling me old. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't old. Yeah. Over here telling dad jokes. Can you tell us about yeah, Trey, Trey Burton? Burton's a lot of fun. Yeah, why do you year? have him at six? Because we have him at four. Uh, because Delaney Walker and Kyle Rudolph are seasoned old? veterans who are going to get it done for sure. And Trey Burton's more of a wild card. Is that good enough for you? But if you're looking at upside. I think Kyle Rudolph is. I love Kyle Rudolph this I year. Love him this I year think too. he's in a great position. And Delaney Walker, I think, is in a great position in the Matt LaFleur offense, too. We've seen Jordan Reed and Vernon Davis do work in uh, in the Sean McVay offense. And Matt LaFleur is a Sean McVay disciple. So, I mean, I think they both have great years. That doesn't mean I don't think Trey Burton has a great year either. I think those are the. Those three guys are my tier two-ish area. And then after that, it gets a little more cloudy. Delaney Walker comes in at number five. Uh, Delaney Walker in the new offense. Uh, one thing about the LaFleur offense that I just want to point out is we've never actually seen LaFleur call plays. He went, he go, He's going from quarterback coach in L.A. to now offensive coordinator. So you don't know exactly what offense is going to be like, but you would imagine it will be like Sean McVay. And Sean McVay's offense, although they don't utilize the tight end that much, is probably because they don't have a great tight end to utilize. With that being said, Delaney Walker had 33% of his team's targets in the red zone last year. Bonkers. That is exactly the type of thing you want. He had one-fourth. Out of every four targets, one of them went to Delaney Walker in the 10 zone. So when he's close in tight end areas, he's a tight end that they use. He is getting up there in age. People don't realize how old Delaney Walker is, um, but I'm not well, worried. He broke out super late, and I think that he is also, going to be. Also, Marcus Mariota was one of the best play action passers last season, and Matt Lafleur called play action as much as any coach last season. And who do you throw to when you do play action? A lot of times, if you play Madden, you know that when you do play action rollout, <laughs> X is always the <laughs> player. That's power O. <laughs> so PA power O. Got to hit the tight end on the flag route. Delaney Walker, 34 years old. Um, next up on the list is Kyle Rudolph. The Twins have him at five. I have him at eight. For me, he's just a little too tight end dependent. Although he and also playing with touchdown a new quarter. Touchdown dependent, excuse me. Also, also tight end dependent. He's dependent on being a tight end. Um, also, new quarterback, new system. Does it scare you any? Obviously not. You guys have him at five. Why do you guys love him so much? Uh, I love him this year because I think he's in a perfect position. He had eight touchdowns last year, only 532 yards, but he did have 57 receptions. And uh, I think 
that's going to increase with Kirk Cousins there. Kirk Cousins has worked with Jordan Reed, has worked with Vernon Davis, has gotten them both touchdown touchdowns in the red zone, and uh, I think Kyle Rudolph is going to continue to be a big-time red zone threat and work the middle of the field better than he did last year with Case Keenum because Kirk Cousins is a better quarterback than Case Keenum. And Kyle Rudolph was, where was he last year's tight end? I'm not exactly sure, but he was somewhere in the 5-8 to eight range overall at the end of the year. So I think he could easily beat that this year. So I think he ends right outside the top four. Yeah, uh, two years ago, too, he put up, where is it, uh, 840 yards and seven touchdowns. So if he put up those numbers, he would be the no-brainer tight end four on everyone's draft board. And there's no reason to think he can't do that again. I mean, Kirk Cousins likes to throw to his tight ends. We've seen what he's done with. He did it with Jordan Reed. Jordan Reed was a top 10 tight end two years when he was healthy. And then when Jordan Reed went down, he immediately made Vernon Davis fantasy viable. So take the good situation, add a better quarterback in Case Keenum who targets tight ends more, and you have Kyle Rudolph. You also got to love how healthy he's been. He's played all 16 games for three straight years. Uh, he, and he finishes as the tight end seven last year after finishing go. as a tight end two the year before. So definitely a history of success at this point for Kyle Rudolph. Here's a guy that I hate um, this year, Greg Olson. Now I still have him as a ninth rank tight end because tight ends are gross. Um, Greg Olson, a lot of things not to like about Greg Olson this year, in my opinion. First of all, he's turning 30. He's thirty, going to be 34 years old. His usage was going down even before he got injured last year. Before the injury, four catches for 38 yards in three games before getting hurt. Then he had one monster game. Then four catches for 37 yards in the next two games. You're, you, you, I mean, how can you hang your head on a guy like that? On top of that, he has more offensive weapons around him this time. Uh, I've talked about last episode how much I love DJ Moore and how much I think he's going to make a difference. Curtis Samuel has really been killing the preseason. Torrey Smith is there. Uh, Devin Funches is still there. Christian McCaffrey is kind of has kind of taken those dink and dunks away from Greg Olson. I think Christian McCaffrey is the biggest reason why Greg Olson doesn't get as much love as he used to. I mean, he's still going to be a nice safety net for Cam Newton in real life, but I just think that his fantasy production is going to fall off the edge of the cliff to the point where he may find himself on the waiver wire this year. Uh, in our Draft prices Right episode, we we talked about how his ADP is currently unjustified from what he did last year. 130 yards, I think it was, in seven games. I know he was hurt, but come on, that's uh, that's pretty bleh. And yeah, he just, uh, he's 32, 33 or 34. We had the same exact conversation in last week's episode because I keep forgetting his age. I think he's 33. And she's getting up there, and I just don't want to... If you're spending a 7th, 8th round pick on a tight end, it just that's not the way to use your capital if you're going with Greg Olson. All right, so I'll take it from here and talk about... I mean, he's still our 7th ranked tight end. Like Timmy said, but it's kind of because tight ends aren't ADP-wise. It's because they're shitty. It's just so shitty. ADP-wise, he is being drafted like, a little wait, too high. He's going ahead of Kyle Rudolph. But I don't think McCaffrey is that much of a thorn in his side. If anything, I've mentioned it multiple times how McCaffrey was worse with Greg Olsen on the field. It might work the other way around where Olsen hurts McCaffrey more than McCaffrey hurts Olsen. And we've mentioned a lot of times that Cam Newton's just not a good quarterback. And a lot of times you see bad quarterbacks target the tight end a lot because the tight end is that safety blanket in the middle of the field as opposed to the wide receivers running down the sideline with safeties over the top. So Greg Olsen, I don't think I think Timmy's being a little dramatic when you're saying he's going to be on the waiver wire. 
But he's probably not going to be a top five tight end we're accustomed to. He was on the way for our last year. It's because he was injured. Yeah, I mean, come on. Kim man. Uh, next on our list is Evan Ingram. Uh, Jason has him at 11. Michael has him at 8. I have him at 7. I think that it's a little hard to grade Ingram because it's going to be a big difference whether he's target number 2. I mean, at number 3, I'm sorry, in front of Sterling Shepard or target number 4 behind Sterling Shepard. I think that has a major difference in what he produces this year. But if he can produce as the third option in that offense, I think that there's a big year in store for him. I think that's a good point. I mean, because if Sterling Shepard's getting the ball a lot, Evan Ingram just, it just it's not going to add up. He's not going to see the ball a lot. I think just last year, though, was a perfect storm of things for him. Uh, OBJ got hurt. Brandon Marshall got hurt. They didn't really have a running back. So it was basically the year of Evan Ingram, and he put up 722 yards and six touchdowns, and those are good numbers. It's admirable for a rookie tight end. But if I'm drafting a tight end, that was best-case scenario last year. I don't see how he can match those numbers with all the players in New York now. So if 722 and 6 is his ceiling that I don't believe he's going to match, then I think he's the 11th tight end. Yeah, I mean, Evan Ingram, I was, I've was i been warming up on him a little bit, seeing him uh, play in the preseason. Remind me how much of a beast he really is. He ran a 40 faster than OBJ. I just thought you should know that because it's, it's a little ridiculous. Yeah. So, I mean, he's an athletic freak, and he's going to have to get be involved in the offense at some points. I do think with OBJ there, Shepard, Barkley, it's going to be tough. He's going to have some bad games, but I think he's easily a top 10 tight end this year. Next on our list is Jimmy Graham. I'm way higher than you guys are, uh, and it's kind of we're going in threes here. Uh, 6, 9, 12. Jimmy Graham's a joke. I'll explain, Michael. Explain. He, when first off, when was the last time Green Bay tight end love was warranted? Never. Jermichael Finley. Jermichael Finley, like seven years ago, <laughs> and even then he was an average tight end, like just a average tight end one at best. Plus, Jimmy Graham was absolutely terrible in between the twenties last year. He was basically the goal line, uh, running back for the Seahawks with his fades every second. And that was absolutely it. He was he he can't move anymore. He he couldn't get any separation in the middle of the field, so he wasn't involved in the middle of the field. He ended with ten touchdowns with five hundred twenty yards. I don't I don't see ten touchdowns coming because they don't use tight ends like that in the end zone in Green Bay. And he, I know people are saying, Oh, but Jimmy Graham, Aaron Rodgers never had a tight end like that. But it's not Jimmy Graham from the Saints days. Is Jimmy Graham who can't move anymore? I don't think that they're expecting him to be Jimmy Graham from the Saints days. I think that Jimmy Graham cannot do anything inside the, I mean, in the middle of the twenties and still not finish as the top six tight end. Last year, I'm expecting a lot of touchdowns. He was targeted twenty six times in the red zone. Yeah, he was every time they got there, they just threw him a fade for a touchdown. But he caught it sixteen times. He caught sixty one percent. That's a that's a great catch percentage in the red zone. That's that's a percentage you're not seeing matched often. They were and, also drawing up plays for him. But I think that's... Listen, remember, you know how much Jordy Nelson played a role in the end zone. Jimmy Graham's already played a role in the end zone in, in the preseason. I think that he is going to play a major role in the end zone. I see him make getting 10 touchdowns, but I don't see him getting more than 500 yards. I think he takes a step back from last year, but I think that it's not going to be a big step because I think those TDs... 
Dude had eight catches inside the 10. That's giant. That's 40% of his team's, of his team's snaps so there. So you're comfortable throwing him out there and knowing that if he doesn't score a touchdown, you're going to get two points? I mean, if you're... All right, who am I taking instead of him? Uh, George Kittle, Jack Doyle, Jordan Reed. Evan Ingram. You have Evan Ingram ranked lower. No, I want Jimmy... Well, I'll rank Evan Ingram higher when I know that Evan Ingram is definitely the fifth option. I mean, I'm sorry, the third the third option. <laughs> definitely not the fifth option. Like, I don't know about that one. There, like, I don't, I don't want a fourth option on my team at the tight end, but I'll take – because Jimmy Graham is going to be that number one option in the end zone. You now, Devontae Adams, Adams also has a long history of being targeted in the red zone. But there was room enough – there's going to be room enough for two people to catch over 10 touchdowns in Green Bay. And who's catching over 10 touchdowns besides – Geronimo Allison. <laughs> besides Devontae Adams. Jamal Williams. None of those guys are doing that, so – George Kittle is our next guy coming in at number 10. One of Jason's favorite sleepers since the beginning of the year. Uh, He has him ranked seventh. Uh, Jason, please enlighten us to the ways of George Kittle as as the seventh-ranked tight end. Listen, he injured his shoulder, but he's going to be ready for the regular season. So thank you for doing that because now you're just sliding down draft boards even further. And last season, he led all tight ends in PPR points per snap. He was a better – that's including Gronk, Kelsey, and Ertz, the big three. Good thing we play in a points per snap league. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what I'm saying is it's because he only played around 40% of the snaps after he returned from injury. <laughs> that was a good Michael one. is really pleased with his joke. He's <laughs> just <laughs> laughing at his own joke. That was solid, man. Come on. It's because he was being eased back after injury, but when he was on the field, he was getting targeted insane amounts, and he was catching the ball and scoring touchdowns. I even started Garrett Selleck one week when George Kittle was injured, and he scored a touchdown. Jimmy Garoppolo... Likes to target the tight end. And Jimmy Garoppolo throws for a lot of yards. George Kittle is a tight end who I feel like every time he goes out there has... He's going to get you 50 yards. I feel like he's a 50-yard tight end. Not to mention he's probably the best... (laughs) He's probably the best red zone threat in the whole squad. That too. Who else do they have? Pierre Garçon? No. Goodwin? Those aren't tight end... Those aren't uh, red zone guys. George Kittle's a big receiver. I I don't like the injury though. Like the injury has to yeah, of course. dampen it a little bit. But yeah. I like Kittle as well. You think he ends as a tight end one. Jack Doyle is next. Uh the Indianapolis tight end was an all uh I'm sorry, a pro bowler last year. But does the addition of Eric Ebron scare you at all? It does not really scare me away from Jack Doyle. I still think he ends as a low end tight end one. He was one of only three tight ends last year to end with eighty receptions, six hundred ninety yards and four touchdowns. And this is a year he he was very involved the year before that too. He was he only uh he had 584 yards and five touchdowns. So it's a hundred less yards, but it's another touchdown. And I don't see why he can't have a season like that again, if not better. And that's low end tight end one as he's been the last two years. Eric Ebron has has been hyped up his whole career, and he's never turned into anything. I just. I expect the Colts to run some two tight end sets, but I don't think that eats away at Jack Doyle's production. Jack Doyle is going to have his have his role. Jason? Jack Doyle is a boring player in my eyes. I mean, <laughs> but you're not drafting Jack Doyle expecting him to turn into with the upside of someone like Trey Burton. Well, no, yeah, but that's why I have him at 13. I don't expect I feel like I'm not a big Ebron believer, but that's still another tight end that they brought in. So, 
he's going to eat into some of Jack Doyle's targets. And when you're a person like Jack Doyle, targets are very important. So, and especially if Andrew Luck isn't the person he used to be and he struggles a little bit, then if anything again, that helps. That's not if he's, str- I mean, I get what you're saying because you want to check down more, but if he's not checking down more, he's just playing like he used to play, but he's just less effective, then those are more targets that are no longer going to be caught by Jack Doyle. Ebron has four targets in each of the last two games, so eight targets overall in the last two preseason games. It's preseason. It is something to say, though, that eight targets over two games is a lot for a backup tight end. Um, David Njoku is our last tight end one. I love him because Tyrod Taylor made Charles Clay a streamable option every single week last year. David Njoku's better. Uh, that offense better. is better. He's a lot better. I, I love his athleticism. Uh, if Baker Makefield plays, also a win because rookies love their tight end. Uh, I like David Njoku to have a big impact this year. I feel like if Hugh Jackson wasn't the coach there, we keep going to this, but I'd have him ranked a little higher. Yeah, man. Hugh Jackson just takes away everyone's fancy potential at least like five spots. <laughs> no joke. Like I'd have I'd probably have Najoku higher than thirteenth if he was in offense with a better head coach or play caller for that matter. But yeah, Najoku is an athletic freak. He showed it off last year when he wasn't being utilized because you know the Browns. He should be utilized more this year, but you never know with the Browns. And uh, the quarterback position is still a little bit of a toss-up there with uh, Taylor and Mayfield. I think once Mayfield takes over, it's going to be better for Njoku because Mayfield likes stretching the field, which Njoku can do from the middle of the field. So I like Njoku's upside, but I don't know if I'd go into the year trusting him as my tight end one. Jordan Reed, Austin Severian Jenkins, and Ricky Seals-Jones rounds out our top 15. Um, talk about Jordan Reed here. You and Jason you and Jason both have him ranked as 10. I have him ranked as 23. Yeah, I'm not now, sure about that. Now, his talent will make him ranked as 10, but how many times do you have to get burned by Jordan Reed to stop drafting him? All right, but let me ask you Seven. a question. Let me ask you a question. Where are you drafting Jordan Reed in the draft? I'm not. Exactly, but... All right, you're but if you're drafting free, him, basically. let's say it's going to be after the top 12, right? And then Jordan Reed is there. And let's say he gets injured. And then you have to stream tight ends. Who's left there? ASJ, Ricky Seals-Jones, Tyler Eifert, Benjamin Watson, Vance McDonald. My point being... I would rather take a chance on Tyler Eifert getting healthy than I would on Jordan Reed getting healthy. And wait, listen, just saying, Jordan Reed played... Last year, he only played six games. Before that, he played 12, 14, and 11. That's not... So, it's not good, but, but it's <laughs> also not terrible. The, and the, when he played 12 games, he had 686 yards and six touchdowns. When he played 14 games, 952 yards and 11 touchdowns. And the point I was trying to make is where you're drafting him right now, you can just stream tight ends if he gets hurt. And if you didn't draft him, you'd be streaming tight ends anyway. Where's the risk? I mean, that's a good point. At, at his ADP, he's a good risk, but that's still making him the 10th overall tight end. Why not? Because he's going to get injured. It doesn't make him the 23rd either. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it does. <laughs> Do you know what makes you the 23rd? Come on, man. Do you know what makes you the 23rd tight end? Injuries. You're going to draft... Who do you got? Some... Uh, you're Dude, gonna he was draft. probably the 23rd tight end last year with 200 yards and yeah, two touchdowns. Yeah, 211 yards and two touchdowns makes you the 23rd <laughs> tight end. All right? If you're, you're 
boasting about 686 and six touchdowns, which for a tight end is that's not, it's better not bad. than Jack Doyle, who it's ended not, as a tight end one. That's sure, it's not bad numbers. for a tight end, but that's still like you guys are banking on that. It's like, yeah, look at this. Number 10 tight end is not banking on Look it. at the names you have in front of him. What yeah. are you talking about? I mean, if he can give me, like in 2015, 952 and 11 touchdowns, now <laughs> we're talking. But he can do that if he's he's just never like hurt. You have, he's always hurt. You have Nick Vanette over Jordan Reed. It's a yes. little crazy. I don't think so. There's a lot of a touchdowns crazy. to be had in Seattle, and Nick Vanette's never been hurt. Yeah, Vanette about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so that is the end of our top rankings. Um, if you want to see our defensive rankings, we also have those um, as well. Michael, do you we were doing 15 tight ends. We did. We did. Jordan Reed is 13. We ran through it, Michael. Yeah. We mentioned ASJ and RSJ. Where have you been, bro? Do you want to talk about ASJ or RSJ? I just wanted to say that Ricky Seals-Jones is, uh, is playing very often and looks like he's locked down the number one tight end position. So keep him in your mind, folks. So, why I, have a, right, so I have a question for you guys. So you think Ricky Seals Jones could be a, a tight end one? Yeah, of course. Yeah. So do you think Larry Fitzgerald could be a wide receiver one? Not no. really. Wide receiver two? Yeah. Sure. Do you believe David Johnson could be a running back one? Obviously. Obviously. You have three guys there that are either top twenty in their position. That means Sam Bradford is gonna have to have a pretty no. good year. Disagree. That means absolutely nothing because a tight end one yeah. is like five hundred yards and five touchdowns. David I Johnson. hate the tight end, and Can we said guys- and we said no to like Fitzgerald. <laughs> so, well, being a dude, a, a bad quarterback can produce a wide receiver two, a tight end one, and a good running back. Look at Robbie Anderson, ASJ, and Josh McCown last year. Josh McCown's a pretty good quarterback. Yeah, <laughs> I'll take that if I'm the Cardinals. Take Josh, Josh McCown last year. Year for yeah, Saints, yeah. Bradford. Yeah. Anyway, we're off topic. Michael, where can they find you? Mike underscore Patrop. Jason? At Jason Patrop. You can find me at, at Tim Patrop on all social media outlets, but only frisky. if you're feeling real, real, real frisky. Come back Thursday and Friday for some mock drafts and our hat hangers of the year, guys, that we are riding or dying with, hanging our hats on, per se. With that being bada said, bada boom. we'll see you tomorrow. Peace.